let you come sit with us. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mark Flores here uh, with another great episode of Come Sit With Us. I'm with my co-host, Isaiah Martinez. Isaiah, I haven't been in this, I haven't been in these four walls in a long time. And between that time, a lot between us has happened. And um, I feel that this is a good open forum. This is pretty much going to be impromptu as much as it can be. Um, I feel that uh, I feel that you and I gotta let the audience know what's been going on. I feel that this would be the best format for that to happen, just because of of what's been transpiring between us two individually and between us two uh, uh, as a unit. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while since we've done a show, uh, since we've hung out, since we've really kind of communicated. It's been here and there, kind of like little updates, but haven't really talked or, 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 um, yeah, or worked together in a, in a minute. So, um, but that was interesting that like, or cool that we're kind of saving our conversation. Like this is the first time we're actually having the conversation, Yeah. like, uh, like a real talk in, in a while since we haven't really, um, spoken to each other more than a couple of text messages here or there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and a lot, like you said, has gone down. A lot has happened between from the last episode till now. So there's uh, a lot to kind of talk about and get into. Yeah, definitely. 100%. Um, I just want to thanks for, uh, say thanks for opening up your, uh, opening up your, your feelings. The and, sanctum. Oh. Yeah. Opening up. Yeah, that too. <laughs> um, I haven't uh, got an opportunity to do this in quite a while, but. It's like riding a bike to me. Yeah. You know, and, and with you, with the hours, if you've been putting in with uh, doing this, yeah, the experience is, uh, is going to be there. So yeah, it, it really sucked because I didn't want to stop what we were doing. Cause we were already on a roll. Like we were, we were on a, on a streamline of like just putting out episodes after episode, which I thought was cool. Like I right. wanted that. I wanted us to have like a backlog of episodes and, and post up more consistently. So the fact that it wasn't like we just, we just fell off or anything. It was really like we had to stop. Um, and so it was more of being forced in that situation where fortunately we had to stop. Like it wasn't like a, something that we just kind of like lost interest in. Not at all. We had a hundred percent interest in what we wanted to do. Still, it's just fortunately I had to, you know, had to take a break for medical reasons, health reasons, you know, even. Right. So, so yeah. So with that being said, Isaiah, the because of the because of what happened, and, and like you mentioned, we had to take a break for the reasons beyond our control. You know, the there's a thing outside of this podcast uh, realm called life that you and I had to deal with. You first, and me second, and it's been. Um, it's been a little hard on both ends for us to, um, you know, it's hard. It's hard as uh, it's hard for us as men in general to just open up and let people know that 
through the bravado, through the machismo, or through our aura of confidence that we we have to give off as men, um, you know, we have to talk about these things in order for them to, uh, in order for them to like, in order for us to overcome them, you know. And I think that this would be the 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 best forum because speaking to you th- through come sit with us or through the deep end, yeah, I don't feel vulnerable. I feel that this is exactly where I need to be because people are asking, well, what happened, what happened to your podcast? What happened to, uh, Isaiah's podcast? So this would be the best time for all of us to, all of us to, to come down. Everyone's sitting down with us collectively to, to talk about this. And because the, um, the incident with the incident with you happened first, I feel that it'd be more appropriate for your, for your situation to be explained first. And you know, like I mentioned, uh, like I mentioned to you via text, I mean, just tell me what you want to tell me and you could tell the audience how you want to tell it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and see, I was, I was thinking, I was debating about this, um, earlier today. I was like, man, do I really like lay it all out there or right. do I reserve a little bit of it? But I think I'm going to have to just be like completely a hundred with it and just, um, just put it out there because maybe it might help those who are kind of went through the same thing or experiencing the same thing. So anyways, um, yeah, I, 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 I like to, I like to be up on, on energy and, and doing my work. I like a high pace, you know, I, I work in a, in a fast paced environment. And, um, so a lot of times in the morning I get, you know, either coffee or, or whatnot, um, to help like you wake me up, you know? Um, and I think caffeine in itself can be addictive and I'm an addictive person by nature. Um, so I can see how that can contribute to it as well. Um, and so one morning, like around January, I had picked up a, I had stopped for some gas. I picked up a 12 hour energy. Or five hour energy, twelve hour. <laughs> it's that long. So that's energy. how it started. That long, twelve hour. No, uh, five hour energy. And I thought nothing of it because I mean I've taken them before. I mean I've made trips from Vegas and stuff, needing needing to be on that, otherwise I'd fall asleep. <clears throat> or trips, you know, took road trips up California and stuff before uh, with Jacob, <clears throat> and I needed five hour energy to make it. <clears throat> so, anyways, I took a five hour energy, thinking nothing of it, you know. Um, thinking, you know, this wouldn't really do much more than wake me up. Uh, but it had a huge different impact on me physically. Um, so anyways, I was outside my building and I took a power energy and I go inside the the building of where you work, right? Where I work. Mm -hmm. Correct. And as I sat down, um, right away, I noticed, I mean, I'm calm. I'm very calm. I sat down and I noticed, you know, my heart rate was jumping up. It was spiking and I've never in my life have ever felt that feeling. And so I didn't know what it was. I didn't know, is this a heart attack? What is this? You know, I didn't really know. And I was kind of scared. So because it was, it was uncontrollable. So I can't control my heart rate. I'm as calm as can be. And I thought, okay, well, let me get up and let me see if I can, maybe pace or walk or something to calm myself down. And you notice this contrast of your, your heart rate when you're still to what you were feeling then and there. 
Oh yeah, it was very noticeable. I mean, I think right now, like we don't really, we're not conscious of like a heartbeat. You know, we we do things and we're not really conscious of it. You know, maybe maybe when we work out or something, but not really. You know, when we do things. So in this instance, I was very conscious of my heart rate. I knew exactly that there was something wrong and I didn't know what to do. And, you know, this was early in the morning. So we're talking about like seven in the morning. Right. And I'm there ahead of everybody. Um, so nobody's really in the building yet. And usually the building consists of like 500 people. So it's really kind of just me and a few other people. So anyways, I get up out of my seat and I'm walking towards the restroom because I didn't know what else to really do or go. And as I'm walking, I'm thinking, okay, well, what's in the restroom? There's really no medical kit in the restroom. It's in the gym part. So I started walking towards the gym in my, in my office building and I felt instant, like, uh, instant, um, pulses all throughout my body. So it was like just a pulsing and it wasn't just my heart anymore. It was like kind of all over my body. So I wasn't sure what was about to happen. I wasn't sure was I about to like black out or something or what was going to happen. I wasn't sure, but I felt very uncomfortable. I felt, uh, very kind of scared cause I didn't know what was happening to me. So anyways, I started walking, um, outside the building and I thought, okay, well let me try to walk around the building and see if I could calm myself down. So I'm pacing and I'm walking and, uh, I noticed that it starts calming down a little bit. So my heart, my heart rate was still going up. I mean, I could say it was probably <clears throat> close to like 140 probably. And mind you, I'm not doing nothing, you know, to, uh, ex to attribute to that. I'm just walking, pacing, you know? So anyways, it almost felt like, like this is the best way I could describe it. Like if you're going a hundred miles per hour in first gear or something like that, it's, that's kind of the feeling that you feel. So as I was pacing, I came back inside and it was still going and I, there's nothing I can do about it. Um, so I instantly had, uh, text my management team and I was like, Hey, um, I gotta leave. I can't stay. Um, I'm really sorry, but I would stay if I could. I really can't. There's something that's happening with me and I need to go. So they, they understood. They were like, okay, you know, take care of yourself, blah, blah. So I was, I ended up having to drive back. And I was kind of scared because I'm like, what if this feeling comes back? You know, at the moment when I was about to drive, it kind of went away. So I wasn't feeling it anymore. So I'm driving back and trying to like have calm thoughts because I'm already kind of like freaked out and I'm already yeah. kind of having this anxiety now because I'm worried about like, what if this happens while I'm driving? You know, what can I do? I mean, I would assume I'd be able to pull over still, but still I'm by myself yeah, and adrenaline's going. Yeah. My adrenaline's going. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I don't know what's going on with my body. So I'm very kind of scared at this point because I don't know what this means. I don't know like how, how, uh, severe is this? You know, what is this that I even had? So anyways, I end up driving back and it's about 30 miles out <clears throat> from my home. So, probably about an hour or so without traffic within that time frame without traffic. So I'm coming back and as I'm approaching my house, I don't know if it's the feeling of me almost kind of being there or whatnot, 
but this, uh, this another kick of some sort of adrenaline came to me and it made my heart rate kick again. So it was going up close to 150, 160 <clears throat> wow. heart rate as I'm pulling in my cold sack. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I literally barely made it into my house, like household. And, um, I immediately like hit the bed and I'm just like trying to calm myself down. And, you know, unfortunately, as I was laying in bed, it still wasn't calming down. It was still beating quick, fast. And, uh, and so immediately thoughts in my head are, are coming to me of like, is this it? Like, is this the way I'm going to go out? Like, you know, I'm thinking of like, I haven't been done enough yet. I haven't been completed what I wanted to do in life yet. Like there's so much more I haven't even done. And, um, you know, immediately you already know, Mark, I'm a, I'm a person that's always been kind of God centric. I'm always want some sort of connection with God and all that stuff. So, you know, immediately for me, that's where I drew to, like I went immediately to God and started praying and stuff like that. Um, which I mean, I, I usually do, you know, here and there, but you know, I kind of just was pleading, you know, to God, like, Hey, I don't know if you can hear me, if you can hear me, please, 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 please help me. And I hate that I'm even crying to you at this kind of moment, you know, but please, if you can hear me, please, you know, spare me and give me some more time to do what I need to do and to, you know, serve you and, and stuff like that. And, um, so a lot of those thoughts were going through my head and I literally, literally started kind of calming down as I did that. And I think it's because, you know, to me, God is like a safety net and I've always went to God and in moments of need and, you know, constantly, whether, whether people believe it or not, you know, I feel like God has always come through and answered my prayer. So for me, it was, it was kind of, uh, an antidote to my anxiety because I feel like with God, it's like, you know, who, there's nothing that can stop you when you have God on your side. That's, that's how I feel, you know, me personally. So anyways, I so I calmed it down for that rest of the day and I didn't know how to break the news to like my family. Cause you know, it's, it's, uh, it's tough. It's almost like taboo when you tell somebody that, you know, it's like, let me, let me ask you this. So ahead. at this moment, when you're, when you're telling yourself, wow, I have to really let someone know about this. Was there something holding you back to letting them know about what's going on? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. There was because I didn't want to alarm people. I mean, I had recently just lost my dad. Right. And so I didn't want to add more to the plate of being like, you know, I might possibly die too. you know, mom, brother, whatever, you know, family, like and I didn't want to put that. I and mean, we were already going through like, you know, our own things trying to get over that, you know? So I didn't want to put that additional added stress, you know, on them. And, and it's, it was almost kind of like a denial on my part too. Cause I didn't want to like kind of admit it. Like, you know, I thought I could be strong enough to withstand this and get over it. And nobody has to know about it. Like I can get through it, but I, you know, even my willpower was not enough to, to go through that. Like I was literally helpless, you know, and I couldn't do nothing about it. And, um, there were people that would ask me, you know, 
you know, hey, want to go and do out this? And I, I couldn't. And I didn't want to say why. I just said, I can't, I can't. I'm sorry. Da, da, da. But, you know, I was completely helpless to even do anything. Um, so, so that day I, uh, was, was trying to just watch TV, trying to calm down <clears throat> and see the thing is that it was so bad to the point, like, even if anything on TV had remotely anything that was <clears throat> alarming or, or, uh, stressful or any type of, um, scariness or anything like that, anything that would trigger my adrenaline it would actually work and it would affect me. So if I watched anything scary, anything with, with suspenseful music, my heart rate would jump up just because it was triggering now my anxiety even. Wow. So I was kind of very careful with the shows that I was watching. So I was watching Cheers because Cheers was just a calm, you know, there's nothing too crazy. It was very calm and, a, you know, about a bunch of friends working out little small problems and it wasn't anything crazy. So that actually really helped me. Um, my mom comes home and I have to take care of my DMV cause I had to get new, I had to renew my license. So, you know, she has, Hey, she goes, Hey, did you want me to go with you? I'm like, I was thinking about it in my head. I'm like, well, this situation just happened. Am I good enough to go and renew my license today too? And I'm asking myself in this head, in my head and I say, sure, yeah. Thinking you don't want to prompt any suspenseful right. or <laughs> action-packed events. Here you are taking yourself to the DMV. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I thought I could get through it. I thought, oh, it's, you know, it's the DMV. It's, it'll be fine. Um, you know, I'll be okay. I can get through it. Um, so as we get to the DMV, already just kind of driving there, I started feeling... Uh, some sort of anxiety now. So I'm feeling like, like uh, almost kind of like, what if something goes wrong? Like what if something happens and I can't control it? Everything's in building front up. Of my mom in front of like DMV, like, you know, I'm tripping. I'm like thinking this all in my head. And while trying to maintain a conversation with my mom, she's talking about other things that are happening. Right. So, um, so we're there in the DMV and as we get in line, uh, I feel almost kind of like this weird, not claustrophobic, but this weird sense of like pressure and time and, and we're in line waiting and I'm trying to just like hold it together. And that feeling triggered my anxiety once more and it kicked my heart rate up. I want to say probably 160, 170. Jeez. I'm, uh, this like, I'm, I'm at this point telling my mom, I'm like, Hey, call 911 and uh and she's like what call 911 because on the outside I look fine on the yeah. outside you couldn't tell nothing so it was just in the inside I was racing my my, my tail off right and, and so she was like what call 911 she didn't get it and I'm like call 911 um, my heart's racing right now it's going close to like 160 so <laughs> so she was like what no wait how why what what happened and I'm like telling her um like earlier today I had an, an episode um, my heart was racing. I drink a fire energy. I don't know. That's never happened to me. And so she, uh, she goes, well, um, we'll get out of line, start like kind of pacing, see if you feel better or not. And maybe that might help. And so that actually did help. And I started kind of pacing, walking kind of around, but I felt very uncomfortable still. I couldn't feel at ease. I felt like I was just, uh, 
at any moment, like could be triggered, you know? So, and I'm mind you about the DMV is like the most, you know, like uh, the most slowest place that moves. Right. It's like, I'm like, I just need to get out of here. I need to get home. And they're like, number 42. <laughs> I'm over here like on the verge of like having a cardiac arrest. But I'm you like, don't want to lose your spot at the yeah, DMV either. Uh, so, so anyways, they call, uh, they call, they call me up and, um, the guy's like, you know, trying to crack jokes and all that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm yeah. trying not to die here, please. He goes, you know, we're all switching to the chip now on the DMV. I'm like, all right, man, I don't care. And, and he's like, uh, he's like trying to ask questions. You got time to take a survey for your real ID? Yeah, basically he's asking a bunch of questions. And then the thing is you have to take a survey too. There is like a oh, electronic man. survey. You have to answer all these questions. And I'm like, I can barely make it. And I'm like putting it all in. I had to take a picture, how to do a new photo. And mind you, in this photo, and I have to look at this photo every day now, right? Remembering that feeling. My gosh. <clears throat> this photo, I was barely making it. Like I was almost I almost thought I was gonna die. <clears throat> so um so anyways, uh I ended up getting out of there. We make it and I come back. But after that I realized I can't go nowhere right now. I have to stay home. So this and mind you, uh yeah. This is in January, so right before my birthday. My birthday is on January 11th, and this was taking place like January 5th or something like that. So Kobe was still alive at this time. COVID wasn't fully around yet. It was in China still. Um, so all that happened, and uh, I went to the emergency. Now, the emergency was like a wrong move for me because uh, I found out on my according to my benefits, which kind of sucks for emergency, it's like 500 bucks, right? And I didn't know that. So I went to the emergency thinking, okay, well, they'll take a look at me and see if there's anything immediately. So anyways, the, the doctor that looked at me, he uh, comes over. He's like, eh, he asked me questions, you know, if it's been in the family or anything like that. And, um, you know, for my grandfather, really, he was older. He was like 70 at the time he had a heart attack, right? Uh, my dad, he didn't have a cardiac arrest. You know, he did have... Uh, he had multiple things going on with him. Actually, he had diabetes, he had cancer. Um, but that was all towards like six, I think it was approaching 60. Um, my brother, he did have an issue, uh, similar uh, to mine. Um, and I, you know, I fully haven't even heard all his story about that. I just, I know what happened. And yeah. So I told the doctor that my brother, something similar kind of has happened and um my father but he wasn't so interested much as those two or as uh, as the grandfather um slightly on the father he was um so he ended up like checking my chest and everything um he determined that i was fine and at that moment i actually kind of was fine but i told him well what if it like tr triggers again blah blah, blah. And so he gave me like some sort of like relax uh like some sort of drug that relaxes you and i forgot what it was called um and I really felt super relaxed. Like I felt like I wanted to just knock out, fall asleep. So that was cool. But like months later, I found out like just for that, it cost like 500 bucks for me. Just Yeah. Um, so I was still kind of uneasy though. Cause I didn't know, well, what was it? What really happened? Was it just the five hour energy? Yeah. And so I actually was, and I did it. The funny thing is I did an episode, uh, the Jeffrey Epstein episode, the second episode on the deep end. And I was actually feeling that way while I did that episode. Oh my goodness. So I was feeling like, 
you know, I was very cautious, conscious of my heart rate, but I was still in that place where it was like, uh, I had to stay home. I couldn't do much and I could almost die. And I'm like thinking like, I need to do this because I need to finish it. And, uh, I don't care like where I'm at in my life. I just want to finish this, get this out, you know, and I feel like this has just been research. I put so much work into, and this is something I'm just driven to do and I don't care what I'm feeling. I want to put this out. So on that episode, I was actually like feeling like the worst ever. Um, and then after a while I got better. So there was a time period where you and I were banging out episodes Yeah. and I was okay, you know, all until I ate these chocolate almonds, right? Weirdest thing ever. And, and we had like this little, um, container of chocolate almonds and man, they were good, dude. And I was addicted. <laughs> <laughs> they were really and good apparently. Them, right. And they were like, it's such a good snack. I wasn't like too, too hungry, but I was kind of hungry. And so this chocolate almonds was like the perfect snack. And I was studying like for the next podcast I was going to do. And I'm taking these almonds and I went to sleep. And then I woke up in the middle of the night. My heart's racing. Oh, man. And it was the worst feeling ever because I couldn't sleep. And I'm tossing and I'm turning and I'm like, dang, like I thought this was gone. And now it's back. And mind you, I had work the next morning. And so... And we had to do payroll that day. So payroll is like the most important day for us because there's so much stuff we got to do. And um, I couldn't be there. And I told her, I told my boss, I'm like, hey, I can't be there today. Um, I'm having another episode right now. And this this is all on the verge now. This is on the verge of the COVID now where businesses are barely starting to shut down now. And I want to say this was like late March maybe. I could be wrong on that. I'm not sure, but I think I want to say it's like around that time. And so that was almost, that was actually like that day I called off. I worked two more days and then I was off like on furlough after that. Mm -hmm. So that episode happened and almost for a week I was kind of out. I was out of it. And I don't know if it was just in my system or what, but I had to let it get out of my system for almost like a week. So the, at this point in in the middle of March, when the businesses start shutting down and yeah. everything starts, we start realizing that, hey, look, COVID-19 is actually more dangerous than we thought. So at this point, the only people that you've communicated this to is people within your family yeah, and not me or anybody else. Right, right. Not really. I haven't really told you yet. Dur- no. During this time, I could you could have fooled me to tell me that because I wouldn't be able to tell. So it's just, I just want to stress the amount of, uh, of how close you kept it to the chest and we were none the wiser, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it was really kind of embarrassing for me not embarrassing, but it was just kind of like, you know, I didn't want to put, put myself in a position like, Oh, you know, like what's like, you know, what, what it's just, you know, put you put in your medical or not your medical, but your health issues out there. It's like, for me, I wasn't ready, I guess, at the time to it, like, it's going to show as a sign of weakness. <clears throat> we can, yeah, we can yeah. admit to that. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, I didn't, I really honestly didn't even want it to halt what we were doing. And the only reason it did is because it got to the point where I, it was so bad. I mean, I couldn't even get out of bed, you know? Um, yeah. and that's to, that's. Cause we were, we were still doing the show. Like we were still doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, after a week passed, like everything got, everything was fine. 
um, everything was fine. But then I would start having little moments here and there where, where it would happen again. And so I couldn't rest at ease, like knowing that this can just happen to me at any given point in time. And so I, this is during furlough now. So furloughs happened. Uh, I think we are still doing a couple episodes, but you know, everything was still okay up to a point, um, up to a point when it did get so bad where I really couldn't leave the house. Like, I mean, other than stay at home policy that we had, I actually really couldn't leave the house myself because I felt like any little thing I did, my heart was racing. So I'm talking about like simple things as just taking a shower or like changing, getting, getting ready or something. Um, just moving from like the kitchen to the living room. Like I was starting to get to the point where my heart was jumping up and I was feeling uneasy. So that's when I let Mark know like, Hey man, we're, uh, uh, we're going to have to take a pause because I'm kind of going through it right now where I'm having some issues, um, health wise. Um, and then it it progressively kind of got worse. So almost every day I had to be very careful what I ate like really, really careful. I couldn't eat anything with any like salt, any sugars. I couldn't eat nothing, no caffeine, nothing like that. No carbs. I had to cut out a lot of rice and stuff. Uh, and I had to be very careful because anything I ate could have threw me off that whole day. And once that happens, it messes me up. So the next big event that happened to me was, um, on a Saturday, I wanted to take, um, my mom's been wanting to go to the movies. Right. And so I thought, well, can't really do that right now but we could go to the uh drive-in so i was and she hasn't been in there in probably ages i thought that'd be pretty cool to take her out there so we're driving or i'm driving right and i'm driving on the 15 freeway going south um of the 210 and as soon as i hit that that on-ramp going south on the 15 i'm going i'm transitioning to the fast lane i have music on and suddenly this adrenaline kicked in where my heart raced to 160, I counted from my Apple Watch. And I had to pull over to the side. I told my mom, like, hey, switch seats with me. I can't drive right now. My heart's racing right now. So she's panicking. She's freaking out. Thinking, like, what? Like, she, but this time she knows, though. She knows what's going on with me. She yeah. knows I've had some issues. Um, but I've been doing kind of okay. And so we thought, okay, well, let's test it. But yeah, it was bad. So she starts driving. And as she's driving, I'm trying to calm down. I'm trying to like, uh, just, I turn off the music and I'm trying to just lay back, calm down, but it's not working. So nothing I'm doing is working and my heart's racing again at this point and it's going 160 and it can't stop. Uh, so at this point we're on the 10 freeway, we exit, uh, Euclid by Upland and, um, I asked her to take the streets because just the adrenaline of the freeway and stuff was like messing me up. And even you, even her driving on the streets, I had to ask her to pull over a couple of times because I was still feeling too much and I couldn't control it. It was even when we got home, uh, even when we got home, I couldn't control it. Like I would sit on the couch, nothing. I had to like keep maneuvering my body because I felt like if I didn't do that, I could go into like probably cardiac arrest. I don't know. Yeah. So I felt to the point where, I mean, sleeping was just almost impossible, nearly impossible. Um, and for me, uh, I had to just leave the TV on. I had to kind of sit up and sleep. 
and I really couldn't sleep. And the only thing I could really do at that point in time was just pray. That was the only thing I could really do because that was um, kind of scary. And I was at a point where I was like, I really, at this point, can't do nothing. I can't. And I was thinking, like, how am I going to go back to work? Like, how am I going to do anything? How am I going to be able to just, you know, do the simple things if I can't do anything right now? Yeah. So I was kind of like at a point where I was kind of like not depressed, but just kind of like at a very sober thought of like what, you know, out of all the point, out of all the points and times that I've lived, like what has been the main important thing? And, you know, why haven't I focused on that thing? Um, so I was kind of like thinking back about life, you know, kind of going through like what could I have done different? What could I have done better? What like what moves could I have made? And you know, because I was thinking like this is kind of it. Like to me, I was thinking, I don't know what's going to happen after this. Is there going to be one moment where I just I can't control what's happening? Because it, it's no matter how calm I can prepare my mind, it's out of my hands. And so I'm thinking, what if this goes too far where I just it stops? You know, at any moment my heart can just beat so fast and then. You know, so I was I was on the edge of preparing my mind to be like, okay, I have to prepare myself to go through death. So what I did was I kind of said my piece with um, with uh, some people and just kind of saying my kind of my kind of my my last fair wishes to them, um, because I was I was to the point where I thought I wasn't going to make it. And so I was kind of just kind of in God mode, right? And that uh, at that point, I'm just trying to like make at peace with God and, you know, trying to um, just do the little bit that I can while I'm here. Uh, <clears throat> so, so that's kind of where I was at at that point. I was a very dark place as far as like my hope was kind of diminished at that point. But I want to, I want to stop you there because you go uh, and you mention the fact that you, end up making uh making peace with uh making peace with god but not only that but you i was one of the recipients of those text messages and i want to tell you from the first this is gonna be the first time you're hearing this from me but i was floored i was literally floored and i'm not gonna dive into exactly what you wrote because but i was i was floored in the fact that is Isaiah, was he telling me like, and I tell myself that just to avoid the real answer of, wow, he thinks he's going to pass away. It got that serious for this situation. And it was, I felt uneasy, bro. Like 100%. I felt uneasy that like, that this whole situation left us that, you know, it left you that aware to where you're like, well, I think I know where I'm going next. I want you to let the audience know. I mean, how does it not a lot of people get to that type of place yeah. so young and so uh so early in life. Well, now it's changed my perspective because at at, at one point at work um there's a lot of competition, you know. I mean, whether it's out there or not, there's secretly this like competition to like you know, rise in the ranks and get paid more and stuff like that. And I'm very competitive too and stuff like that and at this and a lot of times i'm like competitive and in, in, in ways just to excel right but 
it changed my perspective a little bit in that way. Like I'm just happy to be alive and breathing and just to be working. And I don't even care about being the best at it. I just, I'm happy to be working and be coming home and doing what I need to do and be living. You know, those are the things I'm most appreciative of. Uh, I could care less about, you know, me excelling uh, any more than anyone else. I am just happy at this point, like I'm just even working. I'm happy that we're even doing another episode again. I'm happy that, you know, I, I don't I don't care as far as like, and not in the sense like I, I, I wouldn't care that if it did do great, like our, our, our episodes and whatnot, I do, but it's not my, my like, my ending desire, you know? Yeah, and, and I told you before, I was like, I want you 100% yeah. before I... I do not care about putting a halt to this, no matter how long it takes for the benefit of the well-being of you and myself. Yeah. So I, I appreciate that because you were being transparent with me knowing that, Hey, look, if I don't want you to see something happen in the midst of an episode that I didn't tell you about, or, you know, that I didn't end up trying to make, trying to, help on my end health wise. Yeah. Yeah. So did you end up taking this step of saying, Hey, look, I got to put my best foot forward and I got to find some help. Yeah. So that was, I mean, that was where I had to do, I was really left at like no other options other than seeking professional help. I mean, and, uh, that's, that's what I did. So I, I, uh, now mind you set up this appointment with my primary doctor, right? And I was the day of the appointment, I was to the point where I couldn't get out of bed anymore. Uh, just getting out of bed was, and it's so crazy. Cause it was like, it stemmed off of that one thing. And we're in now we're in like May, April, I think. And this stemmed from the, 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 the taking the five hour energy in January. And suddenly throughout this whole year, now I'm not like able to even walk, which was crazy. So, so anyways, that day of the appointment, I couldn't even get up. I had to get like a wheelchair to like wheel me to the, to the car and wheel me inside the hospital. So, and, and you know, I'm fairly young still, but um, the doctor saw me. Um, even then, my heart was still kind of racing. Uh, so he recommended me some medications and he uh, was going over with me <clears throat> the, the basic causes of this kind of... Um, symptoms uh and he was going over like genetics he's going over age he went through like he had like a whole abc of it and he was going through like diet exercise and all these different little things that could actually contribute to those symptoms that i was having um so he kind of went to that explanation with me um you know he checked me out uh he didn't feel it was urgent enough for me to go like to emergency or anything like that but he did recommend me medications and he recommended me to see the specialist, the heart specialist. So I left with some medications that day. Um, and one of them was, or two of the medications I had were for anxiety, just to calm me the heck out because I was already like thinking of every possible scenario, right? I mean, I'm already preparing for my death. And so he, uh, he gave me some anxiety, some anxiety medication. It was still, it wasn't like a heavy dose or anything, but it was just enough to like calm me down in case I get in situations where I was like driving on the freeway or something like that. Uh, and then he gave me one medication that calms down my heart rate. So, um, 
so I started taking this medication and stuff like that. And there would be moments where I'd still kind of feel the uh, heart palpitations or whatever they call it. Um, so it did work a little bit better, but I still did kind of feel it. Um, so would I you then, say would you say it was to a lesser degree though? Yeah. Not as oh, intense. Yeah. It was to a lesser degree. It was to a lesser degree. Um, but I didn't feel like it was good enough for me to go to work yet. Okay. Um, so then I see a specialist, right? I see the heart specialist and he comes in, you know, sits with me, talks with me and mentioned about my brother, things that have happened before and it's okay. Um, so he kind of goes, gives, gives me the rundown of like what they can do, what they could check out. And so he had me go through the works. He had me go through the x-rays. He had me do um, sonograms. He had me do a CAT scan. He had me do the stress test, blood work, um, all of it. So I did all those things. Um, and, and I was starting to actually feel better. So I'm starting to feel better now through the, through the coming weeks. <clears throat> so I'm now scheduled to go back after to hear all the results. And this in itself is kind of scary because you don't know what the results are going to come back as. You know, I'm thinking of like, dang, do I have blood clots or something? Do I have issues with my arteries already? Yeah, like those are serious things. You're yeah. going to get all the answers yeah. and it's going to be, it's going to culminate at this meeting where some dude's going to open up a folder of you. Right. right. And give <laughs> you the rundown and he's not going to really, he's going to give you straight up with you too. So, you know, he's not going to just like, you know, Oh, you'll be all right. He's going to give you straight up. So, um, so they did. So they, they opened this folder, like you said, uh, gives me the rundown. He goes, uh, Isaiah, your heart looks fine on the sonogram. Um, uh, I mean, the x-rays, the x-rays, he said. He said there's no type of abnormalities or anything that stands out or we don't see anything like that. He goes, um, your, uh, uh, your arteries look fine. Um, there's no blood clots. I mean, I'm thinking right away, those are good news. That's good news. Um, but I'm still like hesitant. Like I'm waiting for the, but like, yeah. that's what I'm waiting for. And he just tells me that my sugar level is a little higher than normal. Um, and he classified me as pre-diabetic. So I didn't like to hear that, but there was good in that, that it wasn't diabetic. So that's that. And that's manageable. That's something I can control now. So I was kind of eh, to hear that, but also at the same time, I, that was good news, really. So uh, he also told me like my vitamin D was extremely low, uh, which is very important. I guess it like protects a lot of your organs and stuff like that. So it's very important. And he goes, you don't go out in the sun too much. Huh? I'm like, no, not really. I don't really go out in the sun, you know, because my skin, I mean, I get sunburned real quick. But so he told me to take vitamin D and all that stuff. And uh, he went over like the stress test scores and stuff like that. I said, I did fine uh, with that. The sonogram came out fine. The CAT scan didn't find anything. Um, so that was it. Just, he said, he suggested that I diet better, exercise better. Um, and to see like a nutritionist on that for help. So now I'm scheduling a nutritionist to kind of go over more of like a, a, a better plan, uh, more well-disciplined. And I'm not, you know, I can't drink alcohol, caffeine, sugar, anything with sugar in it. Um, so I have to cut out a lot of the carbs too. So, so those things automatically right now, I haven't, you know, I haven't had coffee in forever, you know? Yeah. Um, so I haven't, uh, taken anything like that. Now it's really just kind of water. Um, 
so I'm okay. And now I've been kind of, even after the, that news, I've been kind of waiting though with you because I'm like, well, I just want to make sure, you know, I'm actually good. So now I've been able to go back to work and it's funny, the timing, like the timing is crazy. Like the moment, like I'm barely declared. Okay. is like when I'm going back to work and I'm able to work, you know? So, um, so in the end for me, it's like a big lesson as far as like taking more better care of my health, you know, cause when last year came around, like during the holidays, I fell off of working out. I was working out when I went to New York and all that. But like after that, I stopped working out. Holidays came, you know, and then that happened and oh. then COVID happened. And then, you know, like I haven't really been working out since that point. So it's been a while since I've been on track, eating right, working out and stuff like that. So it's just taught me a lesson. Like I got to stay on it and um, focus and be disciplined on it. So, yeah, man, it was pretty scary. And you had a big I didn't side. want it to halt what we were doing, but yeah. it was like it forced kind of at least me to be like, I can't even just do that right now. As much as I want to, it's like I have to focus on getting myself better before I do it, you know, so... There's yeah. a big sigh of relief, though, when you know that everything else is fine. And in in my eyes, and keep in mind, Isaiah, I'm only on the outside looking in, pre-diabetic, you can control that. And that's the best part, is that you can, with what you know now, because of the help that you got, yeah. that it, none of these other factors matter, but the main the main root of it all can stem from you being pre-diabetic mm-hmm. um how did it feel knowing those answers how did it i felt better at ease like now i at least knew what was going on with my body so it put me at ease mentally which i think i needed too because you know i, I think i think overall even doing podcasting well particularly what i was doing is i was studying a lot right i was going i mean even when you came in this morning i was midway in a study you know, of, uh, of like the research and stuff I'm doing, you know, um, cause that's kind of what my show's about. Even that I think can take a toll on you mentally and maybe it contribute to it. I don't really know. I didn't feel like it did, but perhaps it could have too. Yeah. In the midst of all that, you know, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it just, I kind of took it for, I took my body kind of for granted. I thought like, you know, taking this fiber and then fiber energy is very concentrated caffeine. So it's, uh, it's definitely not good at all. Like, yeah. you know, whether or not it doesn't have any sugar, I guess, but it's still highly concentrated caffeine. So yeah. it can still do its damage. You it's know? the two cups of coffee within that was it? two cups of coffee within that, within that. It feels uh, like it for sure. It's in that shot. Yeah. yeah. It feels like it for sure. I mean, it, and and, you know, the thing is, too, is like, I don't even myself, I don't even like to feel dependent on that. And I kind of felt like maybe I was depending on the coffee too much, you know, yeah. like that. And so it's kind of it's kind of liberating now because I don't feel as dependent on these substances. Like I feel like more kind of I'm drinking water and, you know, I don't have to have caffeine to get through my day. Like I'm just kind of and it's really I mean, I'm forced to now, but. You know, it's still good feeling that I'm not depending on those things. When um when I went cold turkey on on coffee, so I mean you you've seen me with a cup of coffee here and there early in the morning every time we ever hang out. Yeah. Um, I would have it every day. You know, probably six days a week. 
Yeah. Um, in November, in November, I went cold turkey on it, and those caffeine withdrawals are no joke. Yeah. You will get crazy headaches um, during the times that you're supposed to nurture yourself with caffeine. So I feel you on that, man. One hundred percent. Yeah. Because and, and even worse than that, you know, talking about energy drinks, um, and I've had energy drinks before too. And, you know, that was also kind of another fear. I'm thinking, did I harm myself by taking these before? You know, I haven't had an energy drink in a long time, but I was taking them, you know, quite often when we'd be back in sales, you know, because <laughs> we did because it it helps. I mean, when you're in sales, you have to if you want to excel, you have to carry that charisma 100 percent of the time. You got to be on all day. Yes. And so I'm not going to lie, like taking energy drinks did help here and there to do that. Anytime a new phone would come out, we would, we'd be the early morning shift and yeah. we would pound, we'd pound a, a, an energy drink yeah. to just, to just say to ourselves, Hey, this is going to help promote our sales. This yeah. is going to get us on. And we were just literal yeah. messes. <laughs> and, you, and you see it everywhere. You see it in commercials. You see, you know, you see people, uh, there's people in warehousing that do it, like that drink it. There's, it's in machine vendors. Like it's, you know, it's all over the place and yeah. people um, drink it. And obviously I think everybody, I don't think anyone's going to argue that. It, it, of course it's, it's not good for us, but a lot of people take it kind of for granted, take their body for granted and kind of like, you know, and then once you do it, it that stuff can be very addicting as, as it is. Sugar, you know, is addicting. So <clears throat> even you can find yourself you know, addicted to those kind of substances. And that was kind of my fear too, is like, you know, I've been drinking, like I said, I've been drinking energy drinks in a long time, probably since we last worked at Sprint, which is forever. But still, um, I thought maybe that could have some sort of damaging effect on me. And I think, I think it really probably can, you know, I was just fortunate to stop drinking those a while, long, a while back. Um, but, <clears throat> you know, I think <clears throat> that's also another thing, you know, and apart from that, you know, I myself got even caught up in other substance uh, drugs myself, which, you know, that is something that is out of my character to do. And I think I fell into more of a pure pressure into getting into that. And once I got into that, it kind of got me a little addicted to it. Um, and that <clears throat> drug itself it does kind of the same thing. It, it makes you very, <clears throat> very up up and up and so you know those are another things that can be very damaging you know as much as as much as I was conscious about you know health and diet and exercising because I was doing those too you know I would also step out of character and do some things that weren't good for my body so you know I don't know if that was necessarily contributed to this but <clears throat> in the long term I think it has somewhat something to do with it too <clears throat> you know, and I'm wondering, like, there could be people out there that might be, you know, in that hole, like even right now, or even, uh, even just on a daily, you know, you know, that just to think about, you know, could probably have an effect on you. I'm lucky. I'm lucky right now that, you know, fortunately I'm okay right now and I can control what I can control now, <clears throat> you know, but, and the thing is like, even being in that, you, you mentally want to get out of it, but it's kind of hard because one, you have the person that has it, <clears throat> the dealer or whatever close by you. 
you know, or, you know, you have energy drinks in these vendors at your work or, you know, somebody passes along to you like, Hey, take this or, you know, or Hey, I bought this for you. Um, and it's really, it's kind of all it takes for you to all of a sudden you get that high, that feeling and you want it again. You know, I think that's the whole, that's the whole addictive nature is that we want that high again. We're chasing that high and that's how, that's how we fall into that trap or that hole. So I think we all kind of know that's bad for us, obviously, but to have the willpower to stop is the hard part. And I was able to stop still on all those things, but you know, I'm sure in some ways they contribute to, you know, even if it's just karma, I feel like, you know, for all those times that I took my body for granted and like treated it that way and did these things, you know, even if in some ways it is kind of karma for that, you know, I'm just grateful now that I'm able to place where I can control it. I'm conscious of it. I'm out of those things and I'm able to now just continue life and live on the promises that I was praying to God, you know, on. So, yeah. Yeah. The, um, um, when you started telling me all that, um, now I wanted, you know, I wanted to let you know that I'm, and shame on me for, you know, this being the only time that we have this conversation because we haven't had but this it's, talk it's, in a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, you have my word. If, um, you ever need help with anything, you know, that I'm crazy about to a certain extent with, with, uh, my health and wellness. I take it, take it pretty seriously. And, uh, if ever you need help, you know, I'm here for you. Yeah. Um, it kind of, it stirred me up in the wrong ways to where when you texted me that I was just like, wow. Like I was just, I didn't want to lose one of my good friends, you know? Um, I had to, I had to let Andre know what was going on. You know, I just, I felt that compelled that, Hey, look, man, I needed someone to talk to about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, I didn't want to talk to Danny about it cause me and Danny are still trying to mend our relationship. So it's just, <laughs> Andre is my, my next, my next brother in line for that. Yeah. And, um, well, yeah. tell me about what, cause I mean, you, you went through your own little kind of, you know, scare a little bit there too. And I, I recently hit you up like, Hey man, we're ready to do the show again, man. And then you kind of like, let me know something. I was like, Oh crap. Yeah. So <laughs> that's how, that's how, like, that's how, uh, right now in this moment that we're talking in, like we're starting to hear these more and more often and it coming closer and closer, you know, so yeah. I that I thought was like, Oh, dang. to, to close on my point, man, it's, I'm here for you. So if ever you, you know, if ever you need, if ever you need me, I'm here for you, dude. Um, but to go with, uh, I want, I'll, I'll go with that one now, but I, I want kind of want to go in order okay. of what's going on. And, um, I don't know what happened. Um, I don't, uh, I don't particularly like talking about it, but I feel that this is the best form for that. But, um, a couple months ago, actually almost two months to this day, my, my dad passed away. And, um, two weeks before that, two weeks before that, I'm with a friend and, uh, we're watching onward and it's a movie about two brothers trying to find, uh, trying to find their dad Yeah, and their dad, their dad's passed away, right. but they're trying to, um, 
come up with a way to see him again for a short while, for a day. It's a great movie. Um, two weeks before um, my dad passed away, I didn't think it was that all right of a movie. Um, I thought it was great, but it didn't play to me, you know. And um, on a Friday, I get home from work and I'm excited because I fired up my computer again and I'm playing Roller Coaster Tycoon. Again, <laughs> how do you still have that? <laughs> I'm playing Roller Coaster Tycoon, and I'm just trying to make my business thrive. Stupid. Having a business you got mindset. All caught up in the Sims game. <laughs> <laughs> trying to, uh, trying to, running a business myself, <laughs> and you know, wanting to run a theme park at the same time. I got excited, so I, I fired up the computer, yeah. and it's like four o'clock, and I start getting messages on my phone saying for my aunt, my aunt that's in New Mexico, to call me. And I'm like, oh man, I don't want to call her. Hmm. Like, it's either it's either my dad or my grandpa. And so I call, and she's like, "Mijo, I'm sorry to be the one to tell you this, but your dad passed away." And I was just hoping, you know, granted I love my grandfather so much, but for it to be my dad, um, it broke me, one hundred percent. And I got off the phone, and I don't know if the neighbors heard, but I, I yelled really loud. It was bad. I just, you know, the last time I saw the guy was in August of last year. And um, all the memories start coming back, and like, oh my, and it's just, it's just anger and frustration yeah. because it's like everything starts coming together. Like, I wish I saw him more often. I wish I, you know, I wish, I wish, I wish, you know. So, I don't know what ended up happening, but I got grounded really quick because I get a call from my brother, and I'm, he's like, you heard? And I'm like, damn, like, that's it? <laughs> like, I heard? Yeah, I heard. <laughs> but your brother is, um, uh, he's very different type of character. Like, I know it hits him too, Yeah, but he's very... I don't know what it is. He it seems like to me he like always tries to stay strong. Yeah, you know but, he yeah. he's the MVP for that because I was always trying to, I was always trying to look his direction to see if he'd shed a tear or something. But yeah, yeah, I haven't seen anything from him. So he he played a good role in in letting me know that hey look, um, we have to get ready for this. So I get then uh, to follow that call with my brother, I get a call from my uncle. And tells me, hey, look, I'm going to be going to New Mexico in the next week. We have to get this thing going. So my brother and my uncle, my Uncle Roscoe, my um, my dad's uh, older brother, um, we're kicking in at high gear. So we're just like, okay, we got to get this thing going now. Um, my, uh, I don't want to dig too much into what's going on, but my dad um, prepared us for this type of situation. I thought he was thinking outside of the box like he always does. He's just like this. My dad was just loose cannon, you know. He's yeah. just he would do one thing the next. The next week he'll move to the Midwest and then come back to New Mexico <laughs> for some reason. He it's funny because he went to his friends to live in Arkansas. Okay. And he ended up getting a a job at the university and just like entertained a job really quick and then ended up leaving again. I was just like, dang, like he was, he's that good that he's able to like, he was able to guise people like that. So it was, um, I thought it was just one of his things where he's just like, uh, 
putting on the theatrics really with with his passing and i'm like dad you're I, I really don't care what you uh, plan to leave us or any of that. I, I want you here. You're here now. And yeah. this is what's going on. Yeah. So, so then now this is where onward starts becoming more of a movie that fits me and my situation, because now I feel that it's me and my older brother and we're going somewhere far to see our dad. Granted, it's not in the physical, you know, where he's not alive, but we're going to go see him. We're going to go see him. And and we have a lot of stuff to take care of in New Mexico en route to what's going on. So I call work. I tell them, hey, look, I got to take a couple of days off. My dad passed away. Um, And we're going to be the ones to take care of everything. My mom, you know, my mom and my dad separated back. So there's not really a much of an effort she needs to put, nor that we want her to. We as older ones will take care of it. So um, we didn't have much time to grieve for a while, you know. And um, as soon as we get in the car to, to leave to New Mexico to get everything prepared, my brother... Um, First thing my brother tells me is, besides the fact he wants to go grab some breakfast, uh, it's early in the morning. We want to get there to New Mexico at like 12 hours, so leave at about 6 a.m., 5.30. So he tells me, he's like, man, I thought I we'd have 10 or 15 more years with him. And that's when I knew that it was just like, he's as remorseful as I am, though Though I am more in tune with my emotions. Um he is still human and i'm like yeah danny i I wish we did too so we have to do the arrangements for my dad and it just felt i the first time going out there to get his to get him prepared for everything just felt like i i felt detached i felt detached like i wasn't doing enough uh grieving emotionally but then i felt on the other side of the coin that we have to put in this work to make sure that everything gets taken care of so we have to empty out the apartment that him and my grandfather were living in. And needless to say, it wasn't really kept up well. Um, granted, my dad's an, uh, an older man. He's on the verge of being frail. But he wouldn't let you, he wouldn't tell, he wouldn't let you uh, tell him that. My, he's taking care of my grandfather, who's in his mid-80s. And um, any gust of wind would would make him stumble over, you know, he's just, he's that, uh, up in age. So we have to empty out the apartment that they lived in, take all the stuff. So here we are getting a U-Haul in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and just, just doing things that we're not used to. We go to a Walmart to get boxes and it's like, we're moving out a house we've never been in. And it starts to really get down to business when I realize that I'm in this house, I'm in this, um, apartment with all my dad's stuff and not only that Isaiah but I'm looking at the spot where my dad you know uh, where they found him so I'm sharing I'm sharing the essential last moments of my dad and here I am looking at everything trying to figure everything out um to be to be to be short, um, there was no foul play involved or any of that, but my dad probably was overworked and just just you know just fell over and died. 
um, admits this pandemic, um, if I, I was frustrated in knowing that if COVID-19 took my dad, I was going to be irate. I was going to be so frustrated and so mad at an enemy that I can't tie anything to, but to, it'd be the enemy in the sense of, yeah, I have all these pent up emotions that I need to take out of. I'm going to blame you COVID-19, but it wasn't that thankfully, um, so here we are cleaning out the apartment, taking everything out. So we have to, in New Mexico, all the major cities are pretty, all the cities are far away from each other. It's like the, the slogan for New Mexico should be, welcome to New Mexico, 500 miles to fun in any direction. Because <laughs> there's nothing out there. There's right. nothing out there but sunshine and work. That's it. <laughs> um, so we have to go to Albuquerque, New Mexico, from there to Roswell, New Mexico, where all the family's at. And that is a three and a half hour drive. So here we are in my Prius. We go to Albuquerque first. And then my Danny gets the, uh, Danny gets the U-Haul and we just hightail it to, to Roswell. So here I am in my Prius right, <laughs> and he's know. following behind me. <laughs> and here I just see Danny just like driving in the rear view. <laughs> we get that taken care of. We unload all the, um, all the stuff into the new place that my grandfather's going to live in. And everything starts coming to everything starts coming to be a little more comforting because I'm with family and everyone's giving their condolences and yeah. and mind you this whole time my phone's blowing up because I you know I made the announcement and I made the announcement probably two hours after I had to collect my marbles two hours after my dad passed away I just had to let everyone know as soon as I found out I just felt that felt I had to let everyone know yeah um. So we end up getting the arrangements done and then we end up driving back home to, from New Mexico back to California only only to return another week. I think it was like a week and a half later. And man, oh man, 12 hours of driving, coming back. I did the 12 hours straight through by myself and did the 12 hours back by myself. I don't want, I don't like people driving my car. <laughs> so I, Denny offered to drive sometimes and I was just like, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> we're not doing that. Um, so, so then we, um, the time that we come back, cause if the, the funeral homes arranging everything, they're going to bring, um, they're going to bring him to the funeral home and everything. Um, there's a lot of restrictions going on with that. So it's like we want to make sure we're abiding by the the social distancing, but it's like on the same thing, it's like we have to grieve for this loved one. Yeah. And um, I feel like the 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 having a service too is like a, a very important part. I don't know if you guys had one yet. Have you guys had one? Yeah, we did. Okay. The, the, I feel like that's a very important part to kind of even release some grievance. You know, for me it was very important. Like I feel like that day kinda of helped me not not put it to cl- not like a closure but it did help me in some sense at least express the grievance you know for me on that yeah but uh, i feel like it's a very important too i mean it's hard though because the timing like you said it's like right in the middle of like yeah. this, the whole thing that's going on luckily luckily new mexico at this time was relaxing all the um all the restrictions so we were able to have um an appropriate service for him and everything so to build on to me coming to the service, we, um, Denny, uh, rents out, uh, 
a Dodge Caravan. Nice Dodge Caravan. I'm like, all right, cool. We're not in this. We're not in my little tuna can Prius. We're actually able to like relax. So my mom and my and my brothers, my Tommy joins us this time because um, I have short notice and stuff. And my uncle Mark decides to join us. So my uncle calls me. He's like, you mind if I go with us? I'm like, come with us. Like, we'll we'll all go. And it felt good to have him there too because you know my my uncles they never get enough credit but they've been holding the crutch of real fathers to me you know my dad knows that you know i i blatantly admitted it to him that like i have father figures already my dad to me is my friend but my my father my literal father won't carry that role as much you know so I've always thanked my uncles for that. And for them to actually be there and be supportive during this time, it felt like, you know, like whenever the moment's right, I can always be their son. Yeah, yeah. You know, so whether it be my uncle my uncle Russ from my dad's side um, or my uncle Bob or my uncle Mark, they've always helped me out no matter what. So it felt good having them there. Um, and, man, dude, I, I swear, like... None of this felt real until the point where the visitation happened and like the music's going and it's like the music that my dad picked. Like he, like he, the, he's a huge angels fan. So it's like, um, the song, you know, the song that they do the intro for calling all angels. Mm. Like they have that song. He had that song playing in there. So it's like, none of it's real to me. Isaiah. it's like, I didn't want to believe it. I didn't want to believe my that my dad's gone. I'm just taking care of funeral arrangements for someone else. Like I, I was that detached from it all because my, my dad was one of my best friends, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I go and it all like it all got there. It all culminated at that point where I see him and you know he's not moving. You know, yeah. Like he's just. He's just there, and um, I was I was just there like for a good half an hour by myself, just just in line with him, just looking at him, and um, man, it just felt everything started feeling real, you know? Yeah, um, it kicks in. Yeah, even like some little like relics that I have in this office, you know remind me of my father and like it makes me pause you know it makes you it makes you like it's weird and somebody told me too that it comes like the wind like you never know when it's gonna happen but then there'll be a moment like boom that just hits you when you start just reflecting it's on a crazy it. roller coaster that was super cool dude like I, I mean i met him just a few times but i already knew he was a cool guy i knew that he was like almost kind of like a Rolling Stone kind of guy. Like, yeah. You know, he, he, he's very uh, charismatic uh, and a fun personality. Uh, yeah. And so it was really, I was really glad to know that you and him had connected, um, you know, towards your like adult adulthood. You, you guys connected. That, yeah. that to me was cool, you know, because, and that takes a lot from you to, to be, not holding anything against him, you know, right. that's a hard thing too. Like to not have that sort of resentment against yeah. him. Him and I actually had that talk. Um, I'd say like a few years back and 
anytime that my dad and myself or my brothers would all hang out, it would just be jokes. It would just be fun. It would be that to help put the facade of, hey, look, I wasn't there for you guys for a long time and I'm making up for lost time. I could have saw it like that, but um, I leveled with him. We were over having breakfast in Newport Beach. You know, every time he used to come down, we used to just hit the beach up. And I told him, I was like, Dad, listen, look, um, I don't know what Danny or Tommy thinks, um, but you, I want you to hear from me that I'm glad that you're in my life. And I don't think about the moments that you weren't there. I don't build any animosity towards that. I don't build any hatred towards that. What I appreciate is that you're doing and making the effort now, and you have been making an effort since since the time you've actually been a, a, a staple in my life. And he just, we opened up. We opened up for our first time in a long time. You know, we had a, a one-on-one, and I was just able to tell him how I felt. I was like, look, hey, whatever you you and my mom, what issues you and my mom had, that's fine. But I'm glad that, and I'm glad that, you know, you're making an effort. And for you to do that, I'm always going to make that effort. Oh, man, I, anytime that he'd come around, he'd call me. He'd be like, hey, look, I'm going to be in California for a little bit. I'm like, okay, I'm there. Like, I can't, I've canceled dates. Like, it is not, I make it happen. Because it's like, there wasn't a calling for me to do it just because I, you know, felt that, you know, I just wanted to see him. So fast forward to, to what we have in this funeral, man, dude, it just, it all went full circle to where like, I'm never going to see this guy again. I have him, I'm looking directly at him at the visit, like with the open casket. And then I'm looking at the images of all the photos that we've shared, like a, like a collage of the photos. And it's just, it all just hit me, dude. I was a mess. I was a mess for a good couple of days during the visitation and the funeral service. And it just, uh, not, not a lot of closure. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll admit that. But it was a lot to take care of. Um, it was a lot to take care of with myself internally. But I can say that I've accepted the fact that the loss of a father and you and I share this bond now because of when your father recently passed now, but it's just, you want to like say something to this older person, to this dude that you've looked up to for so long and you're not able to, you know, it's not there anymore. So you have to instead take that role yourself, but this is nothing more than, you know, this is nothing more than the, the bird that takes the little bird and makes sure that, you know, pushes the little bird off the cliff to make him fly. You know, we have to fly now. You know, this is now, we it's about accepting that this is a part of life and, and that we have to uh, grow from it. So I, a lot of people actually helped me out with a lot of closure on it. And it's crazy because, um, I'm driving uh I'm driving my company truck um and I get a call from the pastor that um that is going to be conducting the ceremony and his name's Jerry and I swear like talking to this guy he's probably 
like I've never liked someone so quick. <laughs> hey Mark, is this Mark? Hey Mark, this is Jerry. I'm I'm gonna be the pastor for your guys' memorial service. I'm just so sorry for your dad's loss. And I'm like, hey man, like I feel you right now. You are a genuine guy. And he's all like, man, if you have something to tell me about your dad, like so him and I talk for about 45 minutes, and here I am driving the company truck, and I'm like trying to keep myself together. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want to be like, yeah. yeah, man, I really miss my dad. <laughs> you know, just merge over to this other lane. Um, so I level with him, and I'm like, Jerry, look, um, I was once in touch with myself spiritually on the um, – on the side of God, but I'm a little detached now spiritually with that. What can you tell me? Um, what can you tell me in this time that's helped you out? Because he even told me, he's like, Mark, the thing that pains me most is that I've lived to see my mom and my dad live into their nineties. And I still wanted more time with them. It's never going to be enough time. Mm. And I'm like, the guy told me everything I needed to hear. Yeah. And it was so comforting that like someone shared that same perspective of here, here's a kid that just lost his dad and he wants more time. But it's like, look, I've had the extreme of it. I've had my parents into my nineties and I still wanted more time. So it based my perspective and just saying, Hey, look, the moments you've had cherish them, remember them. And I go from there. And man, that as soon as I saw Jerry in person, dude, I gave him the biggest hug. <laughs> I was like, thank you for those comforting words when you told me all that. So it's just. Yeah, I never heard it like that before. Like, like uh, described that way. That's uh, that, that that hits on another level. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's insane, man. And, and um, I I honestly feel that everything went well with the funeral service. My the family was there and um. I, I make it a habit to speak at a lot of people's funerals, especially like I spoke at my grandma's, both my grandma's, um, and uh, and I spoke at my um, I didn't speak at my aunt Linda's. I was real detached from her, so I didn't really uh, do that for that. But um, I did for my dad, and. Three, three out of the uh, few times, like I, I broke down and cried during my grandma's, both my grandma's, but I didn't for my dad. And like it, it felt great being able to tell a story without, you know, bawling up and yeah. and crying about it because it, it sucks because once you start getting those emotions coming in, like you won't be able to finish the story. But man, I swear, as soon as all of us broke the ice and started talking about our dad, um, Everyone started come up and just saying all these nice things about him, like how he was just, dad was a smart individual. He was, you know, well spoken, um, loved baseball. Like, man, he loved baseball, knew stats and everything. And it's like, as much as the time I've never spent with my dad, mm -hmm. I'm the the spitting image of him. Like I I enjoy stats so much. Um, on the basketball side, but it's sports. Um, I freaking do 
podcasting. It's like I'm there. I'm like out there. I yeah. put myself out there. Yeah. My dad does, does it too. He freaking used to do karaoke all the time. You know, he did a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Write papers and oh my gosh, the guy was just <laughs> out there, man. He was out more out there than me. Um, man, Isaiah, I swear it's like, um, as much as I could tell you about the loss of my dad, it. it yeah, I'm a lot better than I was uh, March, uh, what, May 14th, you know. Um, it's going to be a lot of highs and lows, but I'll, I'll close with this on that. Um, the, the one thing that is always going to help me and put a Band-Aid on my, my flood of emotions is that the last time that I saw him, I don't know what compelled me to do it, but I recorded a couple of his stories. I don't know what told me to do that. I don't know what happened. I got my phone out and just started recording him. And I was just like, I like this. And then I started another thing. I was like, Dad, tell us tell us a story of... of uh, of you uh, at the IHOP, his one, he worked one day at the IHOP, <laughs> one day, and um, so he shares this story, and I'm just like, I don't know what told me to do this. I don't know what told me to record the photos, uh, record the I'm sorry, record the video of him telling the story, yeah. um, and I don't know what compelled me to take one more photo with him, and we took one more photo, and that was the last time I saw him. You know, and um, any time that you have your loved ones around, see if you can just sneak in a video because it helps. I can go to my phone right now and just watch that same story over and over again. And it's like, man, it, it it's he's there. He's live in a living color. He's alive. You know, um, it helps a lot. It helps so much. And not only that, but... Um, I don't know if every person should do this, but it helps for me. Um, record, record your loved ones, but record them saying goodbye to you. Uh, because it helps. I can always, uh, I can always look back and and watch the video of my dad saying bye to me. So it's a lot of it's a lot of closure with that and. Um, I'm going to miss him. I'm going to miss him a lot. So, yeah, it was uh, that also, um, along with your uh, along with your health scare, Yeah. Um, we also had to deal with the issue of my dad passing away. So there was just a lot. A lot of this going alongside the backdrop of a national pandemic. Right. Uh, backdrop of, like, what else? So much other things we just went on this year. We lost... Lost yes. Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant. We had so much different stuff. Yeah. Dude, but I think it it hit us this year in a different way with like your dad and me health wise. Like, you know, I think yeah, I think your dad was so cool, man. And uh you showed me that video, that video of him like telling his story. Just those are <laughs> such priceless moments you just can't ever get back and but you recorded it, so yeah, you know, man. Me, I have like, I have my dad's sermons recorded. Yeah, know? so I could go back and, and listen to them. And those are, you know, it's 
it's it's it's it's a weird feeling like you can actually hear him. It almost feels like he's there, you know, by when yeah. you hear the, hear his sermon like that, or when you play his video like that, you're yeah. gonna, you know, it, it's uh, it's hard. It's never the same. It's never the same. Like my life has flipped. It's changed without my dad. Man, my dad kind of set a you know a stage for how we live, kind of, and now without him, it's kind of different, you know. And I know it's in a different kind of case with you, but still not having them. It's like you said, you can't really go back to like talk to them. Yeah. You know? And with social media, it was a little bit easier to do that nowadays. Yeah. You know, but I don't know. I, I remember he would always comment on your Facebook co- posts oh stuff my too. Gosh. He'd always, always like, have some th- ridiculous like to little, say. <laughs> throwing a little, little Did I ever tell you that I had a one-on-one with your dad? Oh no, no. I ever tell you that? No. So. Um, this is when I was still, um, going to your guys' youth group. Yeah. And, um, this is a post, the sermon that he was doing. So he's in his office and, um, I just talked to him, you know, just told him, I'm like, Hey man, I'm, I'm glad that you're doing what you do because it helps me spiritually, you know? And, um, it felt good because I, I looked at, I looked I looked uh, at your dad like um, such a spiritual figure to me, you know, him being able to just, I mean, every week he had to have a new sermon. Yeah, it's just tough, man. <laughs> you know, and I'm trying to keep pace with the podcast. I'm yeah. Like, man, this I, guy is running a sermon every week. I told him, I was just like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for, you know, for you being in, in my, uh, in my life and for you to, to have your son. Like I, Isaiah's like a brother to me, you know, so I had a one-on-one with him one time, man. And it just, after that, it gave me a lot more comfort to be on level ground with him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, after that, you know, there's just, there's just moments where I, you could tell that, Hey, you know what? Mark and Mark and, uh, uh, Miss Martinez are a lot more comfortable with each other. And, um, you know, the last time I saw him, I saw him in person was um, the time we ended up going to Universal Studios. He was outside. Oh, yeah. He was outside politicking <laughs> with uh, with uh, with your mom. He's out there. Um, and uh, again, I don't know what compelled me to do it because I'm really uh, reserved now with what's uh, with uh, the fam. But um, but I went up to him and I t- told him I told him hi, told him hi, told your mom hi. And, um, yeah, I just told him, just home, just home high, you know, I just yeah. kept it short and sweet. But on it's the outset, like, he looks like a, kind of like a intimidating figure kind of, yeah. but once you talk to him, he actually is like, you know, he's like a, a teddy bear almost, yeah. you know. <laughs> once you start putting work on him and, uh, Charlie during Street Fighter, they get really, uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He loved games, dude. He the, loved games more than me. The, uh, yeah, man. Yeah. It was good seeing your your dad for that last time and man dude yeah. it's like um we've been through a lot man we've been through dude, a lot he, i mean he went with us to the retreats too no yeah yeah i think the first first, first one couple ones yeah. He did. yeah been through so, a lot yeah, man. man um it's changed me for sure i know it's changed you you know yeah and uh it's crazy man it's yeah. crazy not being able to just go and i saw my freaking dad's text messages it's like i i'm like a couple days ago, man, I was like, 
I don't know, it was a couple white claws deep, and I just wanted to call him. It's just crazy, man. It's like you look at the moments where you had his number and you could have just done that. And yeah, man, dude. I think that's like you're like that's like with that that uh that uh guy who did the ceremony. Like he said, you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you're still gonna miss him. Right? Well, the ninety or something, you're still gonna miss him. Yeah, it's still not gonna be enough time. You know, yeah. you can't really get time back. That's a thing. It just, it just happens. You can only control now and forward. That's it. Everything else locked. Well, so much for the back to the future theory, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so not only that, that we had to deal with this, but there's, um, there was a little, uh, COVID-19 scare at work. So some guy, uh, one of the people that, um, I'm, I'm management. So one of the people that, um, I, uh, I give direction to, uh, calls me and tells me, uh, he has it. And I'm like, oh man. And so he tells me that Wednesday on a Wednesday, <laughs> this would happen to you, by the way. I know. Yeah. This, this moment, <laughs> you're the one trying to avoid it. And this I know. Would, like put itself on it's on your I'm plate. Like, I'm wearing masks. I'm not even like busting a Karen and going, I'm, this is my first amendment. <laughs> right. You know, like I, I wear my mask all the time outside. Yeah. And, um, he tells me he has it and I'm on the phone. I'm like, I don't care about him. (laughs) I do, but, um, I know that Saturday he was in the same room as me. He was in the same room. We had a project to take care of at work and I went in on a Saturday to help take care of it. Mm -hmm. Um, it was, uh, it was more along the lines of like, me taking care of it was more along the lines of like, you know how rich CEOs, when they do the groundbreaking ceremony, yeah. you know, I had the golden shovel. I dug in the dirt twice and I like took photos and I left. Yeah. <laughs> I basically helped prepare them to do what they had to do that day. So I did that, but I did that for two hours and he was in there. And so I immediately told my upper management and they were like, Mark, you're going to have to stay at home for this amount of time. And I'm like, oh man. So when that happens, I'm like, man, I start tripping out. Like, I'm just, this is not falling into the plans that I had for the rest of the week. And I'm like, dang it. So I even had my own issue with COVID-19. Um, thank, thankfully, I tested negative. I was just bugging out too, you know, like, um, uh, I was just looking at any symptom that I had. Anytime I'd clear my throat, like I have a bad habit of just going, <clears throat> I have a bad habit of that. So every time I do that, I'm like, well, is this it? What is it like? Mm-hmm. So I, you know, self-isolated, did the thing that I had to do. And yeah, even myself, I had my freaking COVID scare to deal with. So, um, thankfully I can return back to work safely. None of it ever happened. So I've I'm seen, in a hazmat suit, by the way, right now. Yeah, exactly. You're in a hazmat suit. There's this is like the scene from ET where where uh, <laughs> ET's big, on the bed. With a big old tunnel is like. <laughs> what is, what's that boy's name? Elliot. Elliot. Yeah. Elliot. ET's all all about to catch the about to see he the ghost. COVID. I he know. COVID. <laughs> Elliot. And then he resurrects all of a sudden. I just, know. Just, just all of a sudden. That's that, and the that kid song. knows they're back for you. Yeah. E. T. 
So we had, I had, even I had that scare and it's like typical in the life of Mark Flores. We had to deal with a COVID-19 scare. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it is very serious. I mean, we're seeing more now where it's happening to people closer, you know, in people's work, work, uh, like, you know, even at my mom's work, she works at Staples, you know, there was like some cases where a few people not working near her, her but um, they work like very isolated positions, but they had it. And so they had to like take them home. So it's like, it's situations where I'm seeing, and I work at Hot Topic, so I see a lot of um, stores that have to close because people are getting it in the store sometimes and they have to like close it down. Yeah. They have to close the whole store because of one person. Yeah. And they have to get tested and all that. So, you know, we're seeing in the rise of us redoing the reopenings, we're seeing still, you know, the, pan- the pandemic's still spreading, the COVID's still happening. So, everyone uh, wear your masks, please. That's another thing. It was like, you know, I guess a lot of people are kind of like over it or whatnot, tired of it. Right. And I get it. I get that. But you, you're really kind of doing it to prevent, you know, yourself from spreading it. Yeah. Because, you know, you could sneeze or whatever. And that's just a yeah. basic. When someone's basic not wearing it. Prevent. Yeah. When someone's not wearing it, it's it's a it's it's very apparent that they don't care about anyone else's well-being. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny, but not funny at the same time. Uh, because like there was a restaurant I went to where they said you had to wear mask only, right? You had yeah. to come in masks. So like come in with the mask, but it's weird too, because like as soon as you sit down, you kind of have to take off the mask. So it's kind of like, you know, did, did it prevent anything within the first couple of seconds of me wearing it compared to like me having to take it off, like almost immediately after. Yeah. Um, so I get, I get it, but that doesn't mean like. From here on out, I'm not going to wear a mask anymore. Like, you know, you're doing it obviously because there's still going on. Like, unless you unless you want to catch it, I mean, by all means. I'd rather catch I'd rather catch feelings. Go out there all willy nilly. <laughs> I'd rather catch but feelings in COVID nineteen. I'll tell you that. Just like just go totally <laughs> free. Why clothes. <laughs> Let it all hang out, guys. Forget it. I'm glad we had this talk, Mark. I'm glad too, man. Yeah. It felt uh, we had to get a lot off our chests. Yeah. We did. Um. And it, I think the lesson learned out of all this is just, you know, we could take from your instance that, um, and you know, you know, the answer that I'm going to give is you, you guys is at, at the sign of the first couple instances where you don't feel well, make sure you just take your personal responsibility and make sure you get your, the help that you seek, you know? And, uh, and in my case, besides wearing my mask for COVID, got to wear that, um, if you have a passing of a loved one and you feel remorseful because you didn't spend much time with them, it's natural because they're no longer there. You can't do that anymore. But, um, something that I'm thankful for and I, I want to pass that experience on to other people is record as much as you can. And if it helps even record them saying goodbye to you, that to me just helps me with volumes of how I feel. So yeah, it's been um glad you sat down with me. Uh I I'm glad everyone sat down with us for this one and um I got nothing more to say on my end. I, if you want to close it out. I'm just glad that we're here and we're still doing what we what we do and we're just going to continue on with life lessons learned and and 
continue on with the positive energy that we got, you know, still. Right. Good. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Come Sit With Us. You guys have a good night and most importantly, be well. Thank you.